0: To another acquittal.
1: Yeah. So we started off the last uh, episode talking about wrongful accusations. And we were on the cusp of another one and got an acquittal. That means not guilty. And that's fantastic. Somebody Mm -hmm. who was wrongly accused was acquitted.
0: Well, we were talking specifically about university cases, which the one that we want to talk about now is one of those.
1: I know. But this was like a young kid, not university, but like another completely... B, S. If I can say that.
0: Oh, you're talking about our recent, recent success. I'm already thinking about this one. I know, but like, just just, thank God we saved some kids' life,
1: which was great, and we're so happy. So let's take a drink to that.
0: Yeah, the ones with the young kids are always so important.
1: Well, it's emotional, right? It it could be, you know, I'm not a young pup. I look at these people like they could be my children, Mm -hmm. and this was completely bullshit if I can say that, and it was, it, it was palpably false and thank God, you know, we were able to marshal it the way we did and get an acquittal for this young man and justice was served and he was believed by the judge.
0: Well, he's just, the thing that really got me was he came so close to like perfectly, the closest I've ever seen to perfectly following the affirmative consent model and yet he still got charged and it was just like, yeah. You know, it's like, what are you supposed to do nowadays? It's crazy, but.
1: Right. So, you know, this leads us into the discussion about what we're going to continue to talk about, like an anatomy of a false accusation, is that even in circumstances where you are in a natural, you know, sort of engagement and relationship with an individual, you can be charged with something. Just simply.
0: You can do everything right. Yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, because something happens that's embarrassing to the person, that's a big motive that I've seen a lot is embarrassment. But for whatever reason... But expand on that a
1: bit, because we'll talk about this in a moment. But you raised a really good point when we were sort of going over this about, you know, how embarrassment is somehow a motivation to make an allegation. And it's like, to me, it was like, I don't understand that, but you're right. More and more so. So...
0: And, and I really think that they need to study it a lot closer because it's such a powerful emotion where like, you know, and I've looked this up too, where a lot of people have this phenomenon where um, like you're just sitting there doing whatever something triggers a memory, you get a, an embarrassing memory and then people have this kind of like, <clears throat> you know, like have to shake it out of their head or whatever. It's like a lot of people have this happen where they just randomly get these like unwanted embarrassing thoughts. I, I, cringe moments. That's what there was an article written about it called Cringe moments. Right. So if you think about, you know, that that's enough. People have that happen. That there's an article about it. Um, you know, just I don't know if it was Psychology Today or just like a random opinion piece or something like that. Um, that uh, you know, it's such a strong emotion, shared. You know, so common that's for people life. that it you know it should be studied more closely. And yes. So when you when you think about it that way and how easy it is to become embarrassed when you're engaged in sexual activity because right. all kinds of things can happen, right? Yeah. And- um, That's so right. I know. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so it's, I, I see unexpected. it so often. Even when unexpected. I see it so, you know, that's, that's the motor that I've seen probably most commonly with the cases of young kids, especially. So the whole thing is, especially at a university environment, If, um, you know, you kind of get out of hand or whatever, and then you're worried about what people are going to hear about you, you know, one of the ways they can get ahead of the gossip is to say, oh, well, it wasn't my fault because I was assaulted, you
1: know? And I was drunk. Mm Mm-hmm. Which leads us into this discussion of another wrongful accusation, which is really serious, and it could have ruined a really, really nice young man's life. Again, super student. Mm Mm-hmm. I won't say what program he was Mild in or mannered. university. Mild-mannered. polite. Like, you'd love to have him come to dinner at your dinner table. Really nice, super grades, great career in his future. And, like, what happens every weekend on a campus at a university, there's a party, there's drinking, there's beer pong. What's the other stuff they were doing, like, the f-ing...
0: Oh, there was just different types of, of drinking games with the same, yeah. like... The way you stack them changes the name of it. It was like Stack Cup. Stack and,
1: Cup or whatever. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I can't remember. You have to but, go to
0: university to get an education on they, drinking games. <laughs>
1: too old for them. But the reality is, you know, at the, the the next day, after there was, in our opinion, consensual intimate contact, he gets f***ing charged. At, it's, it, it's shocking. So well, there's let's, so many interesting aspects about it. So, so let's break it down was, in... Yeah. but. But this is really something again serious because I, I just we have to emphasize this. This was a young man charged with a false accusation of sexual assault, false, and 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 it starts with somebody who got embarrassed after a night of fun and drinking and getting loose and being attracted to our client and just letting go, and the next day and the day after and talking with friends. It turned into something else, which is somehow has a psychological component to it. But it starts with certain training at universities. You know what I'm getting at yeah. consent training, right? right? What's consent in a sexual? Explain more what goes on with universities and this consent orientation training.
0: Well, we have an article on the website about this, uh, mentioning one of these courses, too. You look it up, they're miseducating students about um, the level of intoxication. That right. would result in an incapacity finding. So,
1: but let's but explain it for time, people yeah. so they understand it in the basics. Go ahead.
0: So you have to go um, to courses at the beginning, so all the young men at the university learn how to not rape, and women. basically. Yeah. Well, I think it's more of a warning for young women. <laughs> you know, I don't think that they actually take it seriously that that women are uh, are likely to engage in perpetrating. No, um, I agree. So. I agree. Um, but, yeah, I mean, that's the way they like to talk about it to, in general. It's just like, you know, and we understand that men can be victims. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but they're usually victims of other men. That's the way they finish that off, right? They, these activists <laughs> right. who organize all of this training. So, um, so yeah, everybody has to go and take these courses. And in this case, um, I think the kid was actually part of the committee that was involved in doing all that Absolutely. and everything, right? So. Yeah. Like, again, you know, like the other guy is like, he understands affirmative consent. He's very careful about it. Uh, and yet he still ends up charged. But um, the activists ended up playing a big role in how this all went down because um, they all just kind of uh, rushed to this girl's side and, you know, told her what how to go about dealing with what had happened to her and maybe convinced her um, that what happened to her actually was an assault. you know. Right.
1: So, so let's go back for a second because this... We're trying to break down here for at least the last episode in this episode, the anatomy of a wrongful accusation or, or or charge. And so at a university setting, there is orientation training about consent in sex. And essentially what it what they interpret it as if a person drinks and becomes intoxicated, you can't consent.
0: Right. And they don't say like how drunk they are, but I mean, the general idea is, is, you know, you get a, you know, get out of embarrassment free card if you've had two drinks.
1: Right. But this is really (laughs) crucial for everybody to understand and be terrified about. OK, because we all have children who go to university. And if, you know, if you have younger children who are going to university, this is the training. If somebody is drinking. They are not able to consent. So the concept if they're
0: female.
1: Female. Right. Correct. So if the so the concept is consuming alcohol means you are not capable of consenting. Mm-hmm. Which is crazy.
0: Buzzkill. Totally.
1: <laughs> Cock blocking. <laughs> That's gonna get bleeped. Thank God you're bleeped and I'm not. But the reality is, but we need to just pause and think about this. So like, if you're drinking at a party and you meet up with someone and you're having fun and you're kissing and you go back to somebody's house and you have more kissing and you engage in intercourse and other stuff, you can be guilty of sexual assault because the female party had alcohol. doesn't mean they lack the capacity, but the definition according to the training that you get at these universities, is that if you're drinking, you're not capable of consenting. And that tra- and, and they can defend themselves every which way from Sunday, and, and it's bullshit, but that's what they're conveying. But that translates into a charge. Because in this case that we had, the person in cross-examination to me we said, well, <laughs> I was drinking. I was not capable of consenting. So they, they gave the agency of their own consent. You used a great terminology for this.
0: Oh, there was a language barrier.
1: No, but but even better, they they conferred their agency to somebody else. That if I'm drinking, I I no longer have any responsibility for my own actions. So, I think we need to rephrase. this This is
0: why I really you know have trouble with this idea of feminism because. Feminists fought very hard for women to have the right to take risks and to live their life more fully. Right. You know, and and then this whole idea now is is like treating them like children who can't be trusted with making decisions for themselves. And I just don't see it as feminist at all. But one of the interesting things is that um, the drunker a woman becomes, um, usually the guy's getting drunk at the same time. But they become more responsible, not only for their own decision-making, but for her decision-making. They're supposed to start making decisions for her. Right. right? And um, so, you know, that's an issue where, based on gender, two people getting equally drunk, one becomes less responsible for their own actions, and the other one becomes doubly responsible. That's right, the
1: male. So let's break this down so everybody understands. What camera am I looking at? Okay, (laughs) so, so we have a young man... It was 21. It was like you were talking to God for a moment. <laughs> Let's not debate that. So 21, 22? He was 21. Twenty one so? I think at the time, yeah. Okay. And and so he knows this person who's a female. They know they have friends in common. They're connected. They talk. Hey, come over for a house party. Which happens at university all the time. They come over, everybody's Well, they even have pre-drinking, right? They pre-drink on their own. They, they get together. They,
0: it's so common, they just call it a pre. <laughs> so we're a going pre. there for yeah. A pre.
1: Yeah. yeah. And I think you... I think I preed prior to the podcast. But anyways, <laughs> so... Honey, I'm so sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, so... They go to this party. They're all hanging out at the house.
0: Mm. They're having a good time. And they planned on going out to a bar after. Like, So right. this was just a pre-drinking.
1: They're going like, to <laughs> go out to a bar. They're pre-drinking. But they're playing beer pong. And the, there's the death cup, which... Somebody can, f-ing email me for after I reading this and explain to me. People have to keep to putting
0: their booze in when they lose or something like that, and then it becomes a big mixture of everybody's booze. That's really disgusting.
1: But but so they're all willingly, voluntarily engaging us, and they're having fun. And then our client, nice guy, is with this young lady who is interested in him, and oh, they apparently want not though. Well, she said she wasn't, but. The objective, saw, evidence, the objective evidence from other witnesses, many other witnesses were, she was very interested in him. They're kissing, like a lot of kissing. She's all over him. She throughout the
0: entire like hour and a half or whatever at the house party. But there's an interesting Taking point. Taking him into a bedroom pause and them. making out with him. Yeah. That's
1: objective evidence. It's not our twist as lawyers or anything else. That was objective evidence. She was very interested in him, kissing him, brought him into a bedroom and continued to engage in intimate contact. Okay,
0: And they had been drinking. Kept grabbing him by the shirt and pulling him into another room to keep
1: making out. <laughs> Did you hear that? Grabbing him. What? Say it <laughs> again grabbing loud. Grabbing Say it him loud. To... You're not loud enough. Not as loud, loud as you. <laughs> uh, kept grabbing
0: him by the shirt and pulling him into another empty bedroom to try and make out with him. And uh, Say that again? They were kissing against Say that the door. Again. <laughs> okay.
1: What was that piece of evidence? <laughs> What was that piece of evidence? Well, I there weren't that sure many we witnesses.
0: It. What we do know was witnessed was that... We know that from two witnesses. They were knocking on a door for a couple that, from, for a couple that went into a bedroom to do, you know, whatever they were doing. And uh, um, so they were knocking on the door saying, hey, let's go, let's go. And um, then when the door opened up, they both fell into the room, right? And that was an interesting bit of evidence, too, because what, what they were actually doing was, um, like, whispering and leaning on the door. And that's where they first had their first kiss. And, uh, and then the door opened up and they were both leaning on it. So they fell into the room and started laughing. Right.
1: right. But we had pretty clear evidence that also that she had been kissing him. Like they were mutually engaged. He was very interested too. They were engaged. They were kissing. They, were, they went into a bedroom. They were on the bed. They were kissing. They were touching each other. This was objective evidence from parties that gave very clear evidence about this. Mm-hmm. Right. So this is what's going on at the house party. When people are drinking and they're having fun and they're 20 years of age, 21, 22, whatever, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. You know, what happens basically next? Basically a regular party. Right, so, like, like, f***,
1: human relations. Uh, so
0: they decide that ultimately they're not going to go out to a um, club. And right. um, so they're like, oh, okay, and they're hanging out on the porch and a couple of them are, because a couple of them are smokers and stuff. She's out there with them. Everybody's chatting. Uh, and then they say okay well we're gonna head out and um, yeah and there's like a round of goodbyes so you know remember this is a person who's like gonna be claiming that he was way too intoxicated to be giving consent she makes sure she remembers the etiquette to go back in and say to everybody all right see you later and uh, does the little rounds, and she's talking and walking perfectly fine. Navigates the steps down the porch. Uh, the two people, of them says
1: goodbye. Two of
0: them saunter off into client. the
1: dusk. <laughs> right, and then, <laughs> so so what's important in this case is, and and why I'm so insane about it is, there was a friend of our client who was part of this committee about consent training, who totally tainted best and Best friends twisted, with our guy. At the best time. friends with our guy, and went in. What was the scapegoat in, in, in the U.S.? The scapegoat? Yeah, the guy to did turncoat.
0: Oh, there's so many. <laughs>
1: I and have forget no it. idea what you're talking so about. So it just sort of like went said, totally the backstabbing, sideways, the backstabbing, backstabbing you know, at Tu Brute. Like totally went and convinced to a large extent and it had a very significant influence. So before charges were laid, this complainant, after she woke up after the day after of consensual intercourse with her clients started to think about the evening after she sobered up and started to talk to people including our clients friend and our clients friend said oh you were drinking you couldn't have consented you were drinking you were drunk and that along with other influence from other people turned into a sex assault and I want to make this very clear that's bullshit but that's what happened in our case.
0: There was another bit of a motive that's similar, but a little bit different and that um, our guy had been dating one of her flatmates.
1: Good point. And right. So there's a prior history. There
0: was like an etiquette thing for her there too that, you know, it's sort of like he's a no-go zone, like not allowed to, you know, I'm not sure if you're supposed to wait a certain amount of time or whatever, but he was off limits because right. uh, her roommate was still, uh, you know, upset about the breakup or whatever. It hadn't been that long. So, um, so yeah, I think she—that was one of the big things too—is that she knew she was going to get in trouble. Uh, right. So, but so again,
1: let's back up because people may not follow this completely. Um, is that the complainant lived with a prior girlfriend of our client? They had a relationship. They broke up. Some period of time passed. The complainant then got invited to a party with our client. And I think
0: legitimately they didn't intend on hooking up that night.
1: They did. Neither party intended to have hookup or relationship, but they wanted to go together to this party. And part of the evidence later on, as you noted, was, well, he's off limits because he was with my roommate. This is a really was,
0: important um, aspect of, of what happens when people claim to have blackout, though. Um, because, they're, because they can't testify about what they um, did or didn't do, they have no memory, they're asked to give propensity evidence or prior um, previous existing attitudes. Would you have?
1: Okay, so hold on yeah. one sec. So when she woke up the next day and then spoke to her friends afterward and came to a conclusion that she was sexually assaulted, part of her narrative was, well, I, was, I, I would not have done this but for being drunk and he was off limits because he was with my friend and blah, blah, blah. But the real, but what's important to note here is what you said is what would you have done? Well, I would not have, and let's explain a blackout for a second. A blackout is a memory blackout. It doesn't mean you're passed out. So people can consume alcohol, which many of our viewers may do, Oh like us, we, we don't. This we just is, sip it. This is, we just sip it. It's tea. <laughs> but the reality is you, you, you can drink enough alcohol, and unfortunately, you're, you're walking, you're talking, you're engaging in activities. You can do math. You can do science. You can do physics. You can look up and find through a thing, you know, exoplanet, but you just don't remember what happened because you had that amount of alcohol that gave you a memory blackout and the next morning you're going i don't even want to look at twitter right but you don't remember what happened it doesn't mean you're passed out doesn't mean you're not consciously consenting it just means you don't remember there's a difference okay there's a difference so this person sorry reconstructed their evidence based upon other people's memories and her own feelings afterward because she regretted what she did yeah
0: well, and they used to have to um, bring expert evidence to establish um, capacity and stuff like that. Because there's like a bunch of case law that says it's very rare that, um, you know, without expert evidence that, um, you know, capacity can, can be, you know... Well, they used to call, they get a blood that's sample. Not this, yeah, that's but not But if it's anymore. reported
1: several days later, you can't get a blood sample, right? right? So, it, it, you know, it used to be if there was a report within less than 24 hours and somebody went and did a sexual assault kit... They took a blood sample you could get an alcohol concentration level and then you can call toxicologists to what the level is but that that evidence still is not helpful. But okay, so
0: there was an interesting thing um, about about blackout that I was reading as well in in terms of the science and that it's your short-term memory that um, you know it was the long-term memory that gets affected but you have just enough like um, you can have a coherent conversation and seem like you're totally sober enough to be making decisions. And so uh, one of these articles I read about advising people how to figure out if somebody's too drunk or not because, of course, guys need to know how to do that nowadays
1: was... how. My advice advice now, and your advice should be, if any female you're with that you're not married to is intoxicated, don't do it, dudes. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Make sure you visibly call her a cab home uh, and don't get in it with her. But, um, so, uh, one of the things I say to do is to like have a conversation and then after like a couple of minutes, go back to mention something that you talked about. And if they can't remember having talked about it, they're in blackout. Yeah. But they can re- retain memory for long enough that they can actually have a coherent conversation. So right.
1: hey, blackout
0: it's like- difficult. It's actually difficult to know if somebody is in that state.
1: For themselves to know? No, it's difficult for other people
0: sometimes yeah, to know. Yeah, because they're, they're acting normally.
1: Mm-hmm. We had we had in this case evidence, objective evidence of other witnesses about the actions of both people. Our client and the complainant, where they are talking, they're joking, they're making conversation where there is, you know, a point being made, where there is just following
0: a, the conversation, totally fine.
1: Where there's a joke. There's laughter, there's cognitive awareness of what they're doing, but they don't have memory. Yeah. So most do not sure. equate a blackout with incapacity. Do you know the most
0: intriguing issue about her memory, to me, I like using the word intriguing for, you're a liar, but no, it's so intriguing to me that her memory um, disappears precisely at the moment where she was visibly, like she was witnessed kissing him. She loses her memory like about... 15 minutes Excellent prior to point. that, Excellent. for no point. good reason. This, again, <laughs> f- she even says, I didn't even drink that much of that. I don't know why I have no memory. Yeah. But I do remember that I had this text message. And so I have no memory of this text message with my, my friend. And uh, so I must have lost my memory at that point, 15 minutes prior to when she so was in the evidence, making out with him.
1: So the complainant under cross-examination could not remember these very important points. Mm -hmm. Yet, there's objective evidence about what was going on. So when she's, for example, making out with her client on the couch, taking him up to a bedroom, going from another bedroom to another bedroom. Following
0: him around the house. Following
1: him around the house. Miraculously, she has no memory of that. But she remembers other things that seem to be a violation of her her body integrity. Mm -hmm. Like...
0: I apologize to the
1: viewers if you think we're a little disjointed or I'm too upset about this, but this is another example of a wrongful accusation and how people manipulate, absolutely manipulate their own evidence to fit their own narrative to get somebody convicted. And I don't know why they do that. I don't know why it's so important in this day and age to vilify and convict somebody when you're responsible for your own actions and you don't like it and the answer has to be a sexual assault on somebody else. You should
0: be proud to be responsible for your own actions, no matter how embarrassing they are. That's what life's about. You make mistakes, you learn from them, and then you get wiser and better.
1: Right. So maybe this was not a good decision. Maybe you got drunk, you were capable of consenting, you had sex with somebody you shouldn't have or you didn't want to at that time, but you learn from that. It doesn't mean they're guilty of a sexual assault. It doesn't mean you're going to ruin their f-ing lives. It means you take responsibility for your actions and grow from that. You're absolutely right. But that's not the culture we live in now. The culture now is to eradicate somebody else because of your own mistakes. That sucks. It's
0: not feminism as far as I'm concerned. It's
1: not. Feminism to a large extent was exerting
0: your own autonomy. I was an annoying feminist when I was 20 years old. Like, I, I know... You're not
1: annoying <laughs> yet? No, I'm just kidding.
0: Well... In, in a different way <laughs> in a wiser more mature annoying way yeah. <laughs> um but uh no i mean it's like I, I know the whole routine like when i'm when i'm talking about this isn't feminism to me it's like that's like I, i'm not just uh some person who never looked into the issue you know what i mean no
1: <laughs> yeah you're you're highly educated in this you're well written you know you're exceptionally to be honest bright. with you, no. You're, you're on topic. Well, you don't need to... No, no, but me. it's true. But that's why we're together doing this business. But yeah. the reality is, I always thought feminism was about asserting autonomy, decision-making power. I believe in stuff like equal pay and all this other stuff. Like, there's no distinction between our sexes. Mm. The reality is, women can do everything men can do, and it's equal. Period. Door shut. Absolutely.
0: It's not the same. I was, I did construction and I was a much better cutter than the guys were. I was more precise. Absolutely. (laughs) You could be, I can do, but there were other things I couldn't do very well. Right. So, um, you know, they just like, that's, that's the interesting thing with this whole equality issue is like, it's not regular equality. The way people just think like you should have opportunities. Now we're dealing with equity. That's what, and I wish they would just call it equity. They 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 want to pretend like there's no difference between the genders and they, but at the same time, they want us to pretend that women are these vulnerable creatures who can't figure out how much they they can drink and they can't take responsibility for. Well, but that's a point. Their I maybe was know. a
1: little imprecise the way I went about this, but there are a lot like when we talk about equity or equality in many ways. The, the, you know, I've never understood the argument that for some reason there's a female who can't earn as much or do as much as a male or achieve this or, or whatever. Yeah, maybe MMA fighting or whatever, it's not equal. But, but cognitively, intellectually, and in many respects, there's just no argument here. But the reality is, in this criminal law sphere, we are robbing the female party of the ability to make decisions and then own them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Am I wrong here? Well, I don't know
0: how you can be proud of your accomplishments if you can't own your mistakes.
1: <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, But then it becomes criminalized. I had a f-ing drink. I couldn't consent. Literally in cross-examination, when I was asking the question about having the ability to agree to sex, because you, you were smart. You said to me, there's a language barrier. So I stopped asking consent. You, I said, yeah, what about agreeing? Every time
0: you said consent, it meant something different to her. And so she wouldn't answer your question straight. Because questions
1: of that f-ing consent training at I the know. university. And then, you know, when I said about agreeing, she got stumbled. But still it went back to, well, I had a drink. I was drinking. And that's absolutely wrong. That's not the law on consent. It's not the law on capacity. And this poor young man suffered, suffered, and continues to suffer because of this allegation. In he had spite to of switch
0: universities. Alleg- he lost a whole year of his schooling.
1: Had to move universities? Mm-hmm. He was kicked out of that university? Had to well, go to another no, university? He,
0: he withdrew before they, you know, he, did, he didn't want to participate in the investigation. So That's
1: being kicked out. Right?
0: Well, I mean, what do they call that when you, you quit but you were made to quit? It's uh, constructive dismissal.
1: Yeah. yeah, so he was constructively removed from yeah. the university, had to go to another university and still suffered consequences even when acquitted. Mhm. Right?
0: Yeah, I know. Got kicked out of his frat.
1: This is a sad and true story where this young man was not guilty.
0: I just like this how, young man. He's you, so you, sad. When anybody I
1: who's that a parent. Anybody who's a parent, a mother and father We would love to have him at our dinner table, dating our daughter or our son, a really good kid. And he did nothing wrong other than party on a night with with females who equally partied and had fun, but denied their own agency for their own actions and turned it around on him. And it was false. And he was acquitted because that was the right thing. He was not guilty. But he still suffers the consequences of that, and it's wrong. And this is what is going on in our system.
0: One of the one of the fun moments in that courtroom actually was because uh, we still got to go to a courtroom at that time, yeah. pre-pandemic. Um, was uh, when you started questioning her about uh, whether or not blackout was the same as being too drunk to consent or whatever. Oh my right? God! Yeah, just so, lay that out for everybody to understand. So, like, I I can't remember. I mean it was just uh, because you're blacked it's out such an
1: important point i said this because you're because you have a blackout doesn't mean you didn't consent and, and then i got a groan from these, the whole fucking courthouse
0: because all of these activists were on her side of the courtroom and it's, you know people do sit on sides right and this is another interesting Yeah, we're thing on the left
1: they're on the so the, the crown the prosecutor and the complainant's friends and family and everybody's on the right side and I asked this question, which is perfectly correct and accurate, and all that right side groaned and basically like, wanted oh me to die my at that God. point.
0: God, there was like a, a big like we actually had to wait. F- f- you moment. lawyer, <laughs> right? <laughs> and uh, well, they didn't actually. They, there were no words that I recall, but but uh, there was like a big groaning and there was like a mumbling mixture of words and so on, and then. But you said something really funny about. I'm sorry. Who am I asking questions to right now? <laughs> or something yeah. Like that. So when
1: uh, okay, I'm more I'm more polite when I'm in a courtroom. But when they did that, I said, "Sorry, Your Honor, I, I don't. I'm not sure. I'm asking questions of the complainant, not the gallery. Could the gallery be the quiet? Gallery. Could the gallery be quiet?
0: So the other. Cool what happened thing, with
1: the gallery as the trial? So whatnot. that's the
0: other cool thing that happened is that um, once our guy started testifying, uh, people started and
1: cross-examine. Cross examination went on. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, people Don't started. Don't me of that. You know, well, after your brilliant cross examination, <laughs> the facts <laughs> started to become clear. Um, but no, some of the people who testified they couldn't be in the courtroom until they finished testifying. So, right. um, So they didn't observe that part. But so once he started testifying, um, people who were originally on the right side of the courtroom started switching to the left side of the courtroom. Right. And there's an interesting issue. Uh, I was so thinking that means about. that
1: people who originally on the complainant side moved over to the defendant's side.
0: And so as he important. was
1: testifying, people sort of got the message about the truth.
0: Mhm. I know, and it's an interesting thing cuz we have these Zoom trials right now from the, because of the pandemic. Right. That's a visual thing that clearly was observable that was going on in the courtroom. Right. That I think had to have had an effect. Right. Um, which you wouldn't have the ability to do that. I mean, we've only had one trial right now where the, um, where our client's parents were actually, you know, we, we made sure that they were visible on camera. Cameras. Yeah, that's, that's an excellent point. So
1: we, yeah. the, in, we, we talked about the beginning of this case where we had a client recently found not guilty of a case, a sexual assault, where he was clearly innocent. But when we decided to uh, agree to the Zoom trial, which was fair because of the pandemic, one of our conditions was that the parents of our client would be on camera and on the screen so that like in a courtroom they'd be seen
0: yeah you can see that he has support you can see the concern for him you can you get a sense of who he is and you remember that it's this is a human being's life
1: on trial right we spoke about this a long time ago you know we were concerned about Zoom trials and losing Dehumanizing the, people. Yeah, the human element of a trial. Yeah. So this helped us have the human element. Yeah. And it's important. Yeah. But so in this case, as it went on, and when the accused testified, our client who was not guilty, you know, we started to see people move from one side to our side. Because right. guess what? He was innocent. I know. Um, uh,
0: but it was... Uh, it was actually a case that that garnered some media attention too, because of the whole.
1: There's a lot of media attention on you this. Yeah,
0: connection to the university
1: and stuff like that.
0: But um, and uh, after the
1: acquittal, I got a lot of hang up calls and crank calls. And, oh, you did. Yeah,
0: that's right.
1: And people posting. Shit, yeah.
0: I know. Oh wow, so interesting, but. Um, <laughs> And, and it's unfortunate when there is media attention on a case, like especially like the really big cases, which um, you know we're, we're going to talk about because we're now taking questions from viewers. So If you want to send a question or give us a topic suggestion, you can send that to notonrecordpodcast at gmail dot com. Um, and we're going to we say
1: that other stuff like like subscribe. You, oh yeah! You if know, you're no, watching this, if
0: you're still watching this, I'm right, really no, not good at that. You, you should like. <laughs> The video that's the little thumbs up thing then you should share it with all your friends you should subscribe so that you can see when the next one gets posted and if you're listening on Apple I think it is you should leave a review so uh, so we've got all that done <laughs> but um, but the question that we're gonna uh, talk about or the, the subject that we want to talk about today um, that was sent to us is connected kind of to what we were just discussing because it involves a lot of activism so we were asked um, to discuss the recent court of appeal decision in the Cosby Bill Cosby case.
1: Bless you, honey. <laughs> yeah. So there was the uh, Pennsylvania Supreme Court, as they call it. So we're, I'm, I'm not. Neither of us are that uh, imbued with complete knowledge of the U.S. court system because it's weird to us. But, yeah. but the Pennsylvania Circuits and all the Circuits, Supreme, whatever they court. should call them
0: circuses, actually.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, overturned the conviction of Bill Cosby for a couple of reasons.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, first of all, like, I don't and really.
1: Got, and first of all, let's say this to our viewers because we got a few emails, and this was one of them to ask us to talk about and explain the Bill Cosby appeal. So, this is wonderful. So, thank you very much for being yeah. so engaged and you're writing to us and that email address is available you know i'm i'm available by email you can search me up on the internet we're happy to answer questions and and listen to what you have to say and respond because this we're doing this really for education purposes and to get the message out so thank you very much for participating
0: i know and when you send um, suggestions or whatever you can actually if you want to have us mention your name um, you can we can do that or you can give yourself a pseudonym or just have it be anonymous. In this case, the guy said that he was fine with us saying his name. So we're answering the question of- um, Well, Let's just use the first name. Okay. It's a guy named, uh, how would you say that? Andreas? Andreas. Andreas. So thanks for your question, Andreas. Um, So yeah, the the Cosby appeal is different from the Cosby trial. in a way. right? And I want to focus the conversation on just the appeal because the appeal is very important. And the reason I have so many papers in my hand right now is because I started looking up the reaction to this and the vitriol is just unbelievable in response to to this appeal, his successful appeal. So I'm pretty sure everybody knows who Bill Cosby is. Everybody knows that he went through two different trials. There was a, a mistrial because of a hung jury and then they had a second trial. Uh, And the difference between those two is is one of the concerns. Um, But, uh, you know, they've got this, uh, the the article titled, Bill Cosby's release from prison was no win for black America. And then I've seen other titles uh, of articles saying that, um, that it was uh, America should be ashamed of themselves and so on. So the opposite is true when you look at this. And so this is, this is important. No matter how you feel about Bill Cosby, upholding the principles of fair trials is so much more important. And they don't understand, like, I mean, we, we also hear all this stuff, and you know, and it's true, the percentage of incarcerated people are black Americans. Yeah. If you don't and, uphold but, but the this, system, did,
1: Yeah, I agree. But this is not about being in the United without States. Well, getting
0: into the whole race issue
1: and, and, you know. Because there's an over-incarceration in the United States and Canada for people of black color and others And that's for a whole host of reasons that we're not covering right now, but this is important. And the principles of the justice system are are very important. And this appeal resonates also in Canada. For another discussion that they had, but go ahead.
0: Right, right, right. Okay. So there's two main reasons why the um, not only was the conviction overturned, but they were they're prevented from trying them again. Correct. So. Um, and this is the this is an interesting thing that people need to really like, It would make so many great articles to discuss, like the, the details, of, you know, of, of how this went down. But at the time that Constan originally came forward, the complainant who didn't want her name publication banned, um, she uh, made a complaint and she was suing him civilly,
1: suing, suing, asking him. for money damages for sexual assault
0: and then it was also brought to the attention because she she's from canada and she complained in canada and they brought it to the criminal you know attention down in the states
1: because it occurred in the u.s
0: so the prosecutor Allegedly. yeah so the prosecutor at the time bruce castor he looked at the case and he had to do uh, what everyone every uh, prosecutor has to do make a reasonable prospect of conviction assessment right. and He felt for her. He did not think that there was a good chance of conviction on um, the burden of proof in a criminal trial, but he knew that she had a civil trial, and if Bill Cosby, and this is the important thing, if Bill Cosby um, was at risk of being criminally prosecuted, he could plead the fifth and not give a deposition.
1: Explain that, because people might not get that.
0: Yeah, so, and we don't have the fifth in Canada, right? But, you know... We have a right to silence. We have a right to silence. Um, same but, thing. So in the civil suit, um, you have to Hang give on. evidence. Pause.
1: The right to the fifth is to not make a statement so you don't incriminate yourself.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, actually, I just. Like, Dramatic pose. I, I, no, I just remembered uh, Grace this week saying, oh, on your next podcast, you should do the whole just shut the f- up.
1: That's a funny <laughs> video. Yeah. Yeah. If they want to take a statement for you, just to f- shut the f- up. Anyways, it's funny. But, <laughs> it's, but it's true. Good advice. <laughs> it is. Because getting a statement doesn't help
0: you. No, it doesn't.
1: Not at the means. investigative stage.
0: Because you don't know what you're actually accused of at that point. Is a, Correct. Yeah. So, so Bill
1: Cosby was faced with a civil action. So he was sued for damages for sexual assault. Okay? And in civil court, you have a balance of probabilities. It's a lower threshold. And then you don't have a decision whether you testify or not, they can order you to give a deposition in the United States. But you can claim protection.
0: I'll be a drop. Just squeeze it.
1: You can claim protection. So in this case, prior to testifying in the civil case, there was an inquiry with the the prosecutor in the U.S. because of his criminal liability. Over to you. So, he
0: was trying to figure out, you know, what's best for this complainant. Oh. I'm just, just kidding. S- Poor someone. Just, no, that's okay. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I was just like, I'm going to take this before you do. Uh, okay, By the so, way, we're having a really good crown
1: roll black tonight, although they're not a I sponsor. Know. No, but it was a gift. It was a gift.
0: <laughs> oh, maybe, no, I, I thought it was from somebody else. Anyway, it was a gift from me. We won't worry about that story. It's a gift from my wife. Yeah. Okay, but okay, so the, uh, we're getting into this. Is the important details of the Cosby um, thing that people really need to understand clearly? Is that the prosecutor was being as responsible as he could.
1: Right. Take it slow and explain it because this is a good case.
0: He wanted to help the complainant, and he knew that if uh, Cosby could face criminal charges, that he would not be he couldn't be forced to give um, testimony under oath in the civil suit
1: in the United States
0: because he could plead the fifth. And so, if he had a guarantee from the prosecutor that he wouldn't be prosecuted right. for any complaints related to this particular person, then he was not. The Fifth Amendment was not available to him Correct. in the civil suit. So the prosecutor did what he did, not out of any sort of like you know favors or fandom or you know corruption or anything like that. He literally made a decision and committed himself to it in order to remove one of Bill Cosby's rights from him. Right. Which he would have had if he was facing criminal, a criminal trial. So then it gets worse because now he's been stripped of his Fifth Amendment rights in the civil suit and he ends up coming up with a multi-million dollar settlement as a right. result. Right,
1: so take this slow. So he gives evidence...
0: For depositions under oath. For a oath
1: deposition. deposition under oath in the civil case, whether you agree with his evidence or not. And then reach us a multi million dollar settlement. A multi million dollar settlement. Okay? And it's also, not as if, it's not as if the, the complainant oh went to God. the police and wanted him charged. She sued him first mm-hmm. and got a multi million dollar settlement.
0: Which I believe originally had a, some sort of an agreement that she would pursue so, uh, criminal charges.
1: She would or not.
0: That she would not. It's my understanding. I'm not 100 sure on that. I'm
1: not going to... We're not going to give an opinion on that. But in the U.S., you can... uh, There's similarities in Canada. But you can reach a settlement on a with or without prejudice basis without making an admission about criminal or civil liability. That's fine. Multi-million dollar settlement. Done. Okay? Pause on this. Okay? Sued, lots of money, allegations of sexual assault. He testifies in the proceedings.
0: testify because he couldn't plead the
1: fifth. Got an assurance from the prosecutor, immunity. They won't prosecute him as a result of his deposition. Then settles for a lot of, mo- a lot of money. A lot of money. Money that you and I and we would really be happy with. Money that we will never see in our lifetime. Settled. Then what happens?
0: So then the next, uh, that prosecutor, um, you know, moves on or retires or whatever. I can't remember. Retires mm-hmm. or yeah, whatever. And uh, the next one comes in and sees some political opportunity and or for maybe a no, proper but, but, reason. But, but maybe me too for too a proper move- reason. Me goes. Too
1: movement happens.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And here's a poster boy for the Me Too movement. Bill Cosby. And they say, you know what? Weinstein. We're going to
0: reopen this investigation. and. Correct. As soon as the, there's wind of that, then Bruce Castor contacts them and said, no, 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 you can't do that. I made a public statement. I made a guarantee this was done for a purpose. A guarantee for
1: immunity and, from prosecution.
0: And, uh, yeah, and they say, well, that was you and you don't have the ability to do that. And um, so they, they're, they're, I believe... And I don't think I'm wrong on this—that there was an election going on at the time as well, because they elect their prosecutors, their district attorneys, and so on. And so there was a campaign basically saying, you know, "Appoint me district attorney, uh, district attorney, and I'll I'll prosecute Bill Cosby." There was so much politics
1: going on on that side, and they and did thank not God, matter. thank God, in Canada, we don't do that. Yeah. We don't elect
0: crown attorneys
1: too. or elect judges. Because yeah. we'd be f-ed in this country if that was what the case was
0: and and look at the power of the media to control the legal system too just imagine but
1: what's the worst combination this is why i i i I have such disdain for the u.s justice system you elect judges you elect the head prosecutor Mm -hmm. right i like everything's tried in the media i have you're accused of a crime let's litigate it in
0: the media way before we get to trial yeah i have so many u.s it's, it's insane i have so many u.s fans who constantly say canada sucks and you should move to the states and all this other stuff so i love this stuff. that pointing out the i was involved the... in
1: two criminal proceedings in the u.s i like the 88 year old judge Wait, who presided was asleep <laughs> half the time you were He's, the lawyer okay oh, <laughs> oh my god, god it, uh, it, yeah i know only uh, so okay. i mean
0: this is the important thing to understand. So. The, the second part of the violation of his rights, um, you know, because he, he lost his, well, it's not a violation if they were to honor, you know, what, the, what they did, then it's just a normal civil suit, right? But then not only did they strip him of his Fifth Amendment right in the civil suit, which resulted in a like over $3 million settlement, um, and he, my understanding is there's a dispute over what it was he said in his, his, um, his depositions too, that there wasn't yeah, actually a confession. I don't, I don't know whatever. what he said or what he didn't. Whether he lied but, or he
1: didn't lie or he gave yeah. half. That's not our job.
0: When here. they reneged on that deal and then took him to trial, they then. The prosecutors. The, pros- the new prosecutors. How many then, years later? You know, like 10, it was Like two, a f- f- five. later? Yeah. So it was like over a decade later. Yeah. And they actually got per, you know, permission from the judge uh, you know, to use his deposition in the criminal trial. So, here's so the now thing he's happened. been forced out of his when right to silence. When prosecuted
1: later on, like over a decade later, we're not, the prosecution said, we're not bound by the agreement of that former attorney.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, That wasn't within his rights to do that.
1: And we're going to prosecute him. And... On a motion to suppress, as they call it in the United States, I find that kind of cool, motion to suppress. I like that. It's kind of sexy. Suppress the de- <laughs> deposition, to think about that deposition transcripts. They were allowed to use it. So there was a confession to a large extent. So they violated his right to
0: silence in the first trial, and they violated his right to silence in the criminal trial, which is the criminal trial, obviously, much more serious. Yeah.
1: And then they call several other complainants where there are no charges laid, yeah. that testify that he's a f-ing rapist. So it's character assassination. And and guys, please, guys, girls, everybody, and everybody in between, it's not that we're making a decision whether... in between? <laughs> did I do that wrong?
0: No, you did it perfectly. That's why i like,
1: laughing. Like, I just... I, I, like, I may be imperfect in the way I say I just love everybody. No, was, but the reality strange. is... However you feel about Bill Cosby, I don't give a shit. What I care about is the legal process and fairness. That's what I care about. So here's the issue. A violation of the immunity agreement and then calling witnesses. And Diane, I want you to talk about this because I know you're passionate about this and I can give you the legalese on it. But calling a number of witnesses who were all allegedly sexually assaulted, raped by Bill Cosby, as witnesses at the trial for propensity evidence. And I need you to talk about that, and then I'll probably explode. But go ahead.
0: So, well, the, the bad character evidence has been an issue in, in Canada recently as well, that it's it's sort of had a mission creep, right? Where um, that. Normally, you're not allowed to bring in, you know, evidence that somebody is the type of person who would commit a crime.
1: It has to be more... Propensity evidence. So, just to put it in legal terms, for those of you who might be of a legal background, in Canada, you can call similar fact evidence. Evidence that would distinguish a pattern of conduct that is so similar and strikingly similar that it would lead you to conclude that the act was done. But it has to go to identity in other certain relevance. You can't just call it at large. You can't do it just to say that the person is a bad person or lead you to what's called propensity. In other words, that they are likely to have committed the offense because seven other people testified that they were sexually assaulted. That's not allowed. But in the United States, that's exactly what the f*** happened. Well, and in Canada, it's, it's been an issue.
0: In Canada, the, they're actually recognizing what's happening and they're cutting back on it. But to, make it, to make it worse, better. like, you, you know, you kind of think, well, if you've got a record, there's going to be some bad character evidence coming in if you're charged with a similar act. Right. So um, one of the interesting things, though, is like if you have a record. If you okay. if you have a record, um, then you expect that that might play a role in in um, you know your prosecution for any similar type of things that right. you've already been convicted for. But what well, we're talking about with bad character evidence are unproven, you know, prior bad acts. Right. So, so these are alleged people have prior said
1: bad that you allegedly did, but it's never been proven in court.
0: You never been convicted now, of I'm it. I'm trying
1: to break that down to simple terms. Shit you're alleged to have done, but it's never been proven in court.
0: Mm-hmm. So I'd be like. Oh, he used to beat me all the time. It was like, when was that? I don't. It was all the time. You know. It was like there's there's no way to disprove that. There's like there's no there's no time frame given for you to say no. I was in Florida that day. You know what I mean? Right. So <laughs> uh, they
1: called a number of complainants in the Bill Cosby. It was, case what was that? I was like, I'm on the phone. I was in Florida. <laughs> I would have been in NASA or somewhere else. I
0: know Bahamas. I've never been there. It's so good. Yeah. But no, this is really important because um, it's allowed, it's still in Canada, they actually get away with bringing in but, alleged prior bad acts that are un, uncharged and unproven um, in order to establish, and this is the reason they give, to explain away why it is she didn't leave him, right? Because she is right. some sort of a battered woman or whatever, right? right. right? And so they're, they're trying to say, well, you know, the reason that she didn't leave or the reason she didn't act in a way that you would have expected her to is yeah. because yeah, yeah. this is the common behavior and these right. are the other alleged things that happened. But they're, they're still unproven and you're not charged with them. So if you want to defend yourself against those accusations, this, this isn't subject matter of the charge. Like, I know I'm getting technical in my
1: language now. It's like, no, but so to break it down. So let's say we have to bring out Bill Cosby. You know, there's defend. a number of people who said they were raped by Bill Cosby. And they testified as to that experience. So in essence, what you're doing is you're defending the charge that you're faced with and all those other accusations. And the same can happen in Canada if there's a legitimate purpose. And we're not saying there isn't, but it has to meet that evidentiary threshold. So in his case, a lot of witnesses were called that essentially testified to his bad character. And the the court of appeal said two things. One, the agreement with the prosecutor, where he was granted immunity, must stand. You can't change that. That was the basis of their And that's important
0: judgment. for all Americans. Right.
1: And there's a very good reason for that. We have to rely upon these agreements with prosecutors for a whole host of reasons, whether in Canada or the United States. The because most
0: powerful people in the justice system are prosecutor They decide who to charge, who Absolutely. to prosecute, how they're going to do it.
1: But this is how we do business, and it's very important. So these agreements must be honoured. So that was the uh, pivotal point in the appeal for Bill Cosby, and I agree with that. Regardless of how anybody feels about Bill Cosby or what he did or didn't do, I don't care.
0: And whether or not a lot of people had sex on quaaludes back in the time.
1: Right. (laughs) The reality is that agreement was in place, and it must stand, and it has to be honoured. That is something that was correct, for the Court of Appeal to decide on. Then they made a cautionary comment about calling witnesses with unproven allegations where it is essentially character assassination without evidence to establish something more that's relevant to the case And at, why the did hand. they
0: only let one testify in the first trial, which was a mistrial, and then decide, oh, let's let four or five of them
1: go this time. I can't remember. Right. I think it was And you four can see this in other cases where, you know, you have somebody who may be notorious for this type of offense and you have protests, and you have a number of witnesses testifying. The problem is you really pervert the justice process. And one complainant giving evidence about what happened to them is enough. Don't f up the system.
0: Well, they're not on trial, you know, for having done something to somebody else. The the, the only they're not on trial for by allowing things. somebody to testify. Oh, I'm saying he did this to me too. Um, you know, it's like, but you don't have to decide if I'm telling the truth because that's not one of the charges. All, the, you know, all you can take from that is, like, she's being allowed to testify because apparently it, he did it, you know? Right. But, you know, this is the other problem, too. And then, like,
1: but then how do you deal with that? So just...
0: I, when the media, though, when the media publishes a story, and let's take Bill Cosby out of the you know, equation for a moment because he's got, like, you know sixty over 60 accusers or something like that, right? But, um, you know, and, and this started back in 2005, whatever the date was on the original charge... But um, when the media publishes that somebody's uh, accused of doing something gets an exclusive interview with a complainant and they give details of the accusation, if that person actually did the same thing to somebody else, the media has now destroyed right. the ability for another person to come forward and and be credible because their details mesh. Matching details of something you read in the f-ing news is oh, I'm not so unique. Glad
1: you swore, thank you.
0: Right, that's a great Solidary.
1: point. No, but that's a great point.
0: <laughs> I don't know why prosecutors aren't like you know, trying to explain to the media and to, you know, to complainants, if you give the details of your allegation to the media, you reduce our ability to prove similar fact,
1: or okay, should. So, what we're talking about here is maintaining integrity of a process. Yeah. And we, we see too many false accusations.
0: It is like we got one drop.
1: Got one drop left. Good night. Until next time. My best friend. Maybe you like me. Maybe you hate me. I don't give a (laughs) sh. Okay.